If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System podcast. It's episode 293. This is our 2024 Mexico Open at Vedanta and magical Kenya Open bets pod. Barry O'Hanran and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you pop, uh, drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler You can visit begambleaware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gain rankings, form stats, plus, of course, predictor models. For both the Mexico and Kenya action, all of that content is available across both events completely free of charge. There's no paywall. At Onyx, Barry is at a good talk girl. The victorious Paul Williams is at Golf Betting, and I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available, along with my weekly golf betting show. The, the subscriber numbers on the YouTube channel are heading skywards at the moment. So if you are listening to this on the YouTube channel, please press that subscribe button. Now I have to report, we have no reviews. So for the next two minutes... Silence. <laughs> we have no Apple five-star reviews to read. We are dry. So if you are sitting there and thinking, oh, it'd be, yeah, these guys, they really do deserve a five-star review for me, please do not hesitate. You will be read out next week. Some from America, Canada, and Australia would be fantastic. And Ireland, of course. Uh, have, we, we've we've had one in about six months from Ireland, so one, uh, a couple from Ireland would be fantastic. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though, chats, rather than just sit here in silence. I'm going to read out an email that Paul received yesterday morning from one of our biggest fans. That's Harry from Wimbledon. Thank you, Harry, for taking the time. The entitlement, uh, the, the title is Hideki Matsuyama, exclamation mark. Wow, Paul, take a bow. 80 to 1, Hideki is an astonishing coup and a well-deserved winner for you after some near big priced misses in 2024. That's very, very true. I don't think any of any of the other big golf tipsters got that one either, so doubly bravo. Now, Steve, any chance you could pronounce the Y in Matsuyama from now on? This great Masters win surely deserves that accolade. Now he's won at Riviera. Many thanks in advance, Harry from Wimbledon. Harry, thank you for your time. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, thanks, Harry. Yeah, thanks for your um, continued support and uh, and uh, letting us know when we're doing a good and a bad job, which is uh, always nice to hear from from you or any of the listeners. Really, let's take let's take the listeners through it. Uh, you hit both Patrick Cantley first round leader and Hideki Matsuyama four the Genesis Invitational. Well done, mate. That's that's um, top tipping. Mm, yeah, it's a, a pleasing week overall. And I, I was I was a little bit concerned, well, more than, more than a little bit concerned because Cantlay got um, into such a commanding lead, didn't he, 
um, by the halfway point. I think you said off mic that it was it was well odds on, wasn't it? At one point yeah, on... I think I saw one one point five, one point maybe one point six five, something like that. That was on Saturday no. morning. Yeah, so he got himself to that point, but it's a, it's a tough course, Riviera. I, I mean, I love the the course of Riviera. It's it's a fantastic tournament. It's a fantastic course, and. Um, that back nine is pretty brutal and can catch anyone out. So um, to, to see, to observe what Matsuyama did uh, yesterday or, or Sunday was just incredible because, yeah, bogey free, nine under, the back nine, 30 strokes. And uh, yeah, he went for that stretch, didn't he, where he was just knocking it to within three or four inches and... <laughs> Everyone else is struggling for par, and the guy's just reeling off, you know, streaks of birdies. Um, it was outstanding. It reminded me very much of uh, Firestone when I backed him. I forget which year it was, Steve. Must have been 2019, 2018, something like that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a little bit later. Um, when he went round the final round there and just absolutely tore the place up. And, uh, yeah, very reminiscent of that. So, yeah, pleasing. Pleasing to get a, a, a win on the board or two wins on the week, so... Hopefully, more of the same this week. If they clo- I know, I know what everyone's thinking. They're all thinking, have they closed your account yet? <laughs> I d- yeah, I did manage to get a bet on with the same bookie this, uh, to yesterday, so uh, I haven't had mm. that particular uh, email or, uh, or just a restriction yet. But I, there's, there's a lot of that going around, and uh, I, I, I hear and see the frustration of a lot of punters. <clears throat> And uh, quite rightly to say, because there's a lot of limiting going on at the moment. So we're we're all victims. Mm. We're all victims. Yeah. Well, well done for that. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I tell you what, I found amazing about that. There's a few aspects I liked about the Genesis this week. The fact that that course got so much rain in February, building up to that tournament, and even on Thursday the greens were releasing. I thought was amazing. Mm. Yeah. They, they weren't quite as glassy as they usually are Thursday, Friday. In fact, we're out. But to get that course to that state in that length of time was an amazing performance from the grounds crew. Amazing. Just shows you that's a, that's a cracking course. They must yeah. have been using some voodoo magic because that was a lot of rain that came down in the weeks coming up to the event. The fairways mm-hmm. got running as well. Yeah. There was even a bit of roll on the fairways on Thursday. You just think, mm. wow, that's an that's an incredible performance. It just it just brings the cream to the top. I mean, it was nice to see Will Zalatoris up there as well. So clearly, you know, people are getting their notepads out. Zalatoris for majors. It's all of this stuff that I love. Just get, getting towards the Masters. It's just mm. joining dots together. Who are the players that you're going to need to put in your team for Augusta in in April? Because clearly now Matsuama's probably halved his price. Zalatoris is slashing his odds for Augusta. But these are the kind of players that you've got to have some kind of belief that they will get into contention, or at least one of them, during yeah. Masters Week. Yeah. Well, Zalatoris, for, for him to come back and be so competitive so quickly after mm. such a long layoff is really impressive. Yeah. And had that gone differently, then he could well have won that um, over the weekend. As we know, he's not a 28-under golfer, so no. I'm not sure the Mexico Open would have suited him this week, even though he'd have probably been second favourite just behind Tony Fee now. Mm. Yeah, Interesting, yeah, the old WD came in straight away. It's like, yeah, game's back, don't need to go to Mexico, chaps. Yeah, 
Well, it, it, it made its way into the um, the next ten, isn't it? The, the next five, I think. The, is it is next five that gets yeah. him into the uh, API? I think it is, isn't it? So, yeah. So yeah, no need no need to be toiling at the uh, Mexico Open for Will. Well, no, especially when you're still recovering from all these back injuries and whatever. You've got to keep it, mm. you know, pounding away every uh, every week. Isn't really the the way forward with these the golfers in that situation. But yes, hit you, when next time we'll see Zalatoris will be at API. Mm. Bearing in mind his only win, of course, on the PGA Tour to date was on Bermuda grass greens at Southwind. So that's an interesting angle for Zalatoris in um, the next signature event. Mm. Okay, let's move on then. We've got a very busy show. Paul, quickly, uh, 30 seconds on the Bet365 Majors competition. We'll move forward from there. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got uh, through 100 um, entries now, which is good for this point in the... um in the calendar year you've got until the start of the masters to get us your entries in we want four names four different names one for the masters one for the uspga one for the us open one for the open championship um get your entries in and we will collate the dollar earnings from that so those said players um and collate a leaderboard for all of the entrants and see who um out of all you listeners um all you readers can sit at the top of our leaderboard for our majors competition um, with cash prizes at the top so £150 um, for the top finisher or the leader of our leaderboard £75 for second £25 for third currency equivalent of course applies Bet365 are the sponsors so many thanks to those guys for supplying the prize once again this year but yeah do get your entries in um, all of the details on both of our previews this week and of course in the podcast description as well so get get involved get involved why wouldn't you we're mm. basically giving cash away i'll tell you what i was thinking when you were saying that paul wouldn't it be great if we were actually collating the the you know the, the cash winning in our own banks <laughs> for winning the masters the us open well, it'd be nice to, nice to nail a, a four-timer across the piece of him. I, I, I know that. Mm, very, very true. PGA Tour action moves to Mexico. This is the third year that we've come here. The Mexico Open at Vidanta. It's been moved in the schedule. It used to be, um, I think it was the week after the Zurich Classic team event. They've now moved this as a... Basically, in between now the West Coast swing and the start of the Florida swing. Uh, the fields that we've been used to, this is far from it. But it's good this is, really, because we're now going to see a lot of golfers this week. All of the Corn Ferry grads, all of the DP World Tour grads. So it's going to be an interesting field in terms of just seeing different names on the leaderboard. Finau comes back to defend. He is a clear favourite. Best price this morning I'm seeing is 15-2 with our friends at Bet365. Next up, Nikolai Hoygaard at 16 to 1. Stefan Jaeger at 22 to 1 with Emiliano Grio in a spot. We've then got the likes of Thomas Dietrich at 25s. And then Torbjorn Olsen, who's already a winner this year on the DP World Tour. He makes his PGA Tour bow. Keith Mitchell, Taylor Pendrith, who's going to be hugely popular this week. And my old friend Patrick Rogers. It's definitely a Patrick Rogers uh, event, this one. Poor field. Of course, where you can grip and rip driver on pretty much all of the holes. 
The, one of the names that I did see in the betting that I instantly thought was overpriced was Ryan Fox. I could see him being priced up yesterday at 40 to 1 for a guy that's in the top 35 in the world. Mm. That was, um, and as we know with Ryan Fox, Paul, he's um, decent on coastal courses. I mean, this isn't purely coastal, but it's yep. literally a kilometre from the sea. And he's not bad on Paspalum either. We've got Paspalum no. golf course this week. Hits it a mile as well. And hits it a mile. It's, he's got all of the prerequisites that you'd need. And he's the similar price to people like Davis, Thompson, Eric Van Royen and Brandon Wu, which I thought was a bit strange. So, yeah, Ryan Fox playing this week. Bob McIntyre. Um, we've also got the PGA Tour bow this week of um, Campillo, haven't we? He's coming across for the first mm. time from the DP World Tour. Yeah. Jorge yeah, Campillo. Choosing not to defend his uh, Kenya Open title and That's right. come over to Mexico instead. Yeah, starting with the Spanish-speaking Mexican Open, and then, of course, he'll be across for the Florida Swing. So it's been interesting with the DP World, guys. Some literally went across from Sony, like Matteo Pavon, and uh, you've got others like Olsen and Campillo that have played all of the, uh, the Middle East Swing on the DP World Tour and now have come across to the PGA Tour. Mm. Right, let's talk about the course. It is a pretty much a grip and rip job this week. Uh, uh, hiss this, it's a Greg Norman design, Norman's signature course, Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, basically um, a very nice Mexican report uh, resort where lots of Americans and Canadians fly down for winter sun. 7,456 yards. It's a par 71, so categorised across all of my statistics as a long golf course. Um, it's a resort golf course as well. Of course, it's been built effectively. Greg, Nor uh, Greg Norman, when he got the design brief, can, can you make a nice course for you know our tourists and visitors and also something that we can kind of spec up for maybe a PGA Tour event down the line? Well, that's what he built. One of the facts that I do like about this course or I find interesting, 13 water hazards on the course. There's plenty of water involved. Paspalum. If you're looking for courses that correlate, quite a few early ones on the Corn Ferry. The ones that they play in the Bahamas, they're all Paspalum. Um, I believe they play uh, Paspalum at... That was El Chameleon that they used to play the WWT at up until 2022. A lot tighter than this, though, but Paspalum Greens and Fairways. Also, the Corrales Championship that they play every year and the Puerto Rico Open. A lot of carryover. You see players doing well here that have done well at those particular events. But yeah, it's wide. Oh, I'll tell you another one. Barry would say this as well. El Cardinal, where they played the um, WWT in November. That was another one like this, although that was more deserty, and I had quite a lot of undulation on it, uh, a lot of topography on that course. That was more Kapalua, but the actual agronomy, exactly the same. But kind of course where you stand on the tee, and there's not a lot of fear for these guys. It's like, I'm just going to grip, I'm going to rip. The rough isn't up to a lot. Um, if I'm, I've got to be particularly wayward to be hitting it in the water here. 
So, uh, yeah, it's just a driver, very, very driver-heavy course. And you can see that. I mean, John Rahm won the first time they played here and Tony Finau won the second time. And Finau's finished second and first here. As we know with Tony, does like to grip it and rip it. Although over the last 18 months, I'd suggest he's become a little bit better at actually taking something a little less off the tee. But when he needs to, he can just let fly. Mm. And actually, the way that he's been driving the ball recently... Um, he's going to be a proper danger this week, I think, Tony Fina. Anything else to add? Can you remember anything about the course or anything to add before we move forward? No, just long hitters, I think, is uh, if you're picking the the key stat out, would be, well, is my starting point, was my starting point for this, and uh, pretty much ties in with what you've just described, I think. I think you can be a shorter player and contend, and I'm not suggesting that a bomber has to win this every year. But I tell you what, you have got to be. If you're if you're a two ninety or two ninety five guy off the tee, you've got to be a guy that absolutely is brilliant with your irons from one hundred and seventy five yards and out. Mm. This is not a wedge golf course, and you can no. kind of see that from the entry list. A lot, of, you know, like the Island Tour we talk about, they don't tend to touch this at all. Uh, they're waiting for PGA National next week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, grip and rip and very, very strong mid to long iron players. Players that can hit their irons from 175 to 200 or 200 and out with real accuracy. That's what I was looking for this week. Weather, well, we're in Mexico. 30 to 32 degrees Celsius, 86 to 90. And your typical tropical climbs kind of tournament weather dead calm in the morning six to 12 miles an hour winds in the afternoon i think female last year got to 24 under i can't see any reason why this won't be sub 20 under to the winner this week mm. right i'll break it up front i've gone for tony Finau at seven to one and when i thought about it i mean all last week, when I'm starting to think about this tournament, and, and we didn't know the field until Saturday, in my mind, I kept thinking, this is the perfect golf course for Tony Fina. And last year, with John Rahm in the field, John Rahm, by the way, who'd just come off winning the Masters a few weeks earlier, I think that was, was that his fourth win of 2023, John Rahm, the Masters? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. He was on He fire. was 11 to 4, and Tony Finau was 8 to 1. The next price golf was 20 to 1 that week. And I can remember it so well. Everyone's like, oh, well, I can't back John Rahm or Tony Finau at those prices. And of course, Tony Finau pretty much walked away with it. I can just see a similar thing happening this week because I. You mentioned off mic, Paul. I mean, I would be very interested in someone like a Nikolai Hoygaard at twenty-five to one, something like that. Mm. I think the Will Zalatoris WD has not helped this as a betting event for your Hoygaards, your Jaegers, your Grio. I mean, Grio. You look at his form and where he's played well. Puerto Rico, Corrales. He's all over this like a rash. Yeah. He does like Paspalum golf courses that are long and in tropical climbs. But he's 18 to 1 with Skybet right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's 14 to 1 with Coral and Ladbrokes, 10 places each way. 
I mean, that Salatoris WD has um, has just pulled the uh, not the stuffing out of that sort of kind of kind of second tier, isn't it? Which it, it does make it a harder harder stretch to suggest. Yeah, Nikolai, as you say, you know, with a, with a bit of juice at his price, you could have had a go here because statistically, um, you know, course Very fit good. wise, he does he does fit nicely, but. Second place, well. yeah, yeah. But is he just playing for second place behind Tony, which um, is is possible, and that's your assertion, of course. I just think the slight. I mean, it, it, it can't be any. He's got. He's had six PGA Tour wins, Tony Fina. Now, don't forget, this is Tony. This is Tony T Ten Fina, who became Tony T Four Fina on this podcast, and then become Tony Terminator Fina. <laughs> six wins on the PGA Tour now. And I was I, I I do keep an eye on these presidents cup rankings this year, um, and I, I, most of the Americans couldn't care less. But he's in nineteenth spot in the presidents cup rankings. He's way out, way out the back. And he tends to be the sort that leaves it late to make a charge for something like this. But I just think he's going to see this week as a huge opportunity to beat up a very weak field. I mean, he's done it three times now. He did it in, let me think, 3M Open, 14 to 1. Rocket Mortgage, the week after, 14 to 1. And then he won this last year at 8 to 1. So he doesn't mind beating up a very poor field mm. and grabbing a big bundle of FedEx Cup points and dollars and world ranking points. All he needs to do this week is putt a little bit better because T to green, he's play at the moment is exceptionally good and I just think that these slow agree also this is a par 71 that actually features far of four par fives you know so theoretically hit the fairway hit the green with your with your approach shot two putt you could be shooting 16 under here mm. just on the fives yeah all right cock a couple of those up you, you could even you know 13, 14 on the par fives. That's without holding an eagle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's eagle chances. So, you know, I took Fina. I'm desperate for a win. I'm desperate I'm desperate for anything after the start I've had to the season. So, I'm desperate for a win. I just wanted to... I, do you know what? I'd love a Sunday sweat. I, I get so bored at the moment. I'm literally sitting there. It's like, oh, well, my best chance in 16th spot heading into Saturday's like Sunday's like. Oh, well. So, yeah, Tony Fina, I'm going for the sweat. Seven to one, I've gone four points. I managed to grab that with Unibet. Now, where are you guys staking your bets this week? What about you? Let's start with you, Barry. Where where what's your what's your shortest price this week? Um, at the moment, <clears throat> I'm only doing I'm only committed to one bet. It's Jake Knapp. I've um yeah, just kind of his visually his was his swing caught my eye, and that got me watching him, tracking him a bit more. Um, yeah. He, I don't know, it just reminds me of that effortless power that you used to see in or still see in Ernie Els' swing, where it doesn't look like there's an awful lot going into it, but the club's passing um, through the ball at a ridiculous speed. So he's he's got um, he's got more than enough firepower to to make life easy for himself around a long course like this. Um, showed a great week. What was it four weeks ago for the third place? Mm. 
And I think it's kind of like a little swing crush. So I kind of don't need much more to substantiate why I'm on him for the purposes of betting. There's probably a whole lot more in terms of metrics why I should back him. And maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff why I shouldn't. But it's it's um it's kind of like a, a golfer crush you just can't get over it so you you, you don't question anything you're just i'm in let, yeah. let me pad it out a bit barry because i'm on jake knapp as well um you're right he does he hits it a mile which as i said is kind of the prerequisite for me this week really solid season on the corn ferry last year didn't he uh, nine top tens i counted earlier before we started recording and that, that third place at uh, Torrey Pines was much stronger than this. And the quality of the field compared to this was it's chalk and cheese. 28th last time out in Phoenix. thing that caught my eye, the only time that he's played professionally in Mexico was at the 2020 El Bosque Mexico Championship. Opened with a 76 that week, so was staring a miscut in the face. Recovered rapidly, finished ninth over, overall, closed with a 65. So got used to the uh, to the location and the uh, you know acclimatized very quickly after a very very slow start and i think you come here in what is if you take tony finn out of the equation how much stronger is this overall field than some of the fields that he's been contending in over on the corn ferry it's uh, basically an alternate event isn't it it, is. it does actually. It shows you what the alternate events are going to be like in a couple of weeks at Puerto Rico. This is going to be wow. Yeah. But yes, we're going to be Alex Checker and all the old favourites coming out. George McNeil. Yeah. Oh my Jake Knapp, 29th for total uh, driving distance, all drive so far this season. So he's got plenty mm-hmm. mumbo. Yeah. 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 I'm in Knapp as well, Barry. So uh, let's hope we've got a bit of the. Uh... The nap factor this week. I'm piggybacking you, Paul. You're on fire after last week's uh, double whammy to clean sweep. Uh, yeah. It doesn't happen two weeks on the trot, Barry. Well, perhaps it will. Perhaps it will. Let's be positive. Shh. Perhaps it will. Don't, don't, say, don't say bad things like that. <laughs> don't forget as well this year, we haven't seen a winner, I believe, south Let's have a quick... I don't want to quote the wrong number here. I'm just going to is this spreadsheet. Is Matsuama was 80 to 1. The, chip, yeah. the, 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 the lowest price player we've seen win so far is Wyndham Clark, 70 to 1. Yeah. On the I don't like that Napa's... Imagine Napa's the shortest price winner on tour at 40 to 1. But that's reflective of the field, Barry. And Yeah. 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 You, you can look at some of the prices in this this market and just balk at the the number, but that's their, their chances. Yeah. Their chances real. This trend is going to end, but I could see it going one of two ways. I could see seven to one Tony Finau winning, or I could see eighty to one someone else winning. Or it was plus. kind of on your fringe thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Somebody could but catch you might fire. Not have got to. Somebody could catch fire feeling the holiday vibe in Mexico. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's the right sort, don't get me wrong. And he was on my shortlist, so I would expect him to go very, very well this week. And lots of expect- people are backing him and will back him. I would my expect shortest- Steve to say afterwards that uh, I've just put a couple of pounds on him on the exchange. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, my shortest apart from Fino is 60 to 1. Friend of the podcast, Johnny Vegas. 
I think long, straight <clears throat> is fantastic here. And Vegas has always been an elite golfer. On a major medical, uh, I think he started with three missed cuts. And then last time out in Phoenix, got a decent record in the in the desert as Johnny. Won the uh, Bob, Hope, Bob Hope lottery many years ago for his maiden victory on the PGA Tour. He finished in the top 22. And he's one of these Paspalum goats. <laughs> Ninth and second in Puerto Rico. 18th and fourth at Corrales. He's had a 10th and a 20th at El Chameleon. That's too tight. I mean, that's Brendan Todd territory, not Johnny Vegas. Um, John, Johnny's a little bit more disparate off the tee than a Brendan Todd. Gets himself into a little bit more, too much trouble at El Chameleon. But here, not a problem at all. So I thought Johnny Vegas at 60... I think he was chalked up bigger than that. And it was a sea of blue on odds checker as people, uh, early birds got in on Johnny Vegas. But I'm happy. 60 to 1, Johnny Vegas. I took that with William Hill eight places each way. Used to be in the top 35 in the world. Can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting he wins, but he's the sort, you know, that needs to rack up some serious FedEx Cup points over the next 20 or so events just mm. to make sure that his card's all in play from the major medical. Yeah. So he hasn't got this all. I need to finish 43rd this week to get that. He's quite a way off getting his playing privileges back, but this is a perfect course for him. Where are you next then? Because Barry's clearly all in on Jake Knapp. Oh, can I just throw one name that just literally kept popping out at on the predictor model this week that I was building? Yeah. Couldn't get him off. I couldn't get him out of the top five. And I'll be completely honest, I don't know a great deal about this chap. In fact, I know nothing about him whatsoever. But he would not disappear from the predictor model. Kevin Doherty. I'm trying to find him on the odds on the odds grid, and I can't find yeah, him. Can you find Kevin Doherty? He's two hundred to one, or there about three hundred to one in in places. Yeah, Couldn't get rid. I think strokes going off the tee, early numbers, um, driving distance, that kind of thing. It's um, it, you know, in terms of a raw fit for for this course, um, it would seem to make sense. First in my first in my off the tee rankings over the last eight weeks, first for driving distance all drives, and I believe he was in the top ten after two events or top twelve for birdies, bir uh, mm. birdie average. Yep, there you go. Kevin Doherty, DraftKings cheap, fancy a big price each way bet. Likely to miss the cut, but statistically. Unbelievable, mate. Yep. Uh, um, as we said, this is the kind of event. Where, where are you? Where's your? My next price is eighty to one, Paul. Where are you coming in at? Yeah, the only other I've only backed two, so I backed Jake Nat. The other one I've backed, and I'll, I'll, I'll do a convincing job on Barry here because I'm sure that um, okay. he he'll be uh, he'll be one that Barry will be um, clambering all over very shortly. Um, Alessandro, Alessandro, toasty, toasty, yeah. tosty, toasty. Yeah. <laughs> 60 to 1. Um, I've backed eight, uh, eight places each way. You can get a little bit longer if you want um, the bog standard each way places. But again, if you're talking about the raw credentials for this, is another long hitter. 
Um, another player with a great performance on the Corn Ferry last year, uh, won the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Another nine top tens um, I counted up. And has been uh, popping up just with the odd round here and there over the course of this uh, season on the PGA Tour to date without really putting together all four rounds to uh, to, 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 to really get into the, uh, you know, get under the radar, I suppose. Um, what caught me or caught my eyes is played seven times in Mexico in his career. And he, these, these are his uh, finishes. Fifth, ninth, miscut, 12th, 23rd, 10th, 10th. Um, from seven starts. So that's four top tens from seven starts when he's played on Mexican soil. The last one, that 10th, was here at Vedanta Velata 12 months ago. So he's got some course experience, some positive course experience. Um, and generally, um, really strong uh, performances and finishes over in Mexico over the years. So, um, yeah, 60 to 1 for a black player that does suit the course from what I can see quite happy to have a punt on that and I know you've I'm, been on Tosti a few times Barry haven't yeah. you I'm with, I'm with you yeah he was, he was he's been um, he's sitting there on my will I, you know not will I won't I but I haven't gone too deep into my research yet for this event but he's definitely a name that popped off um, he's entertaining if they get the cameras on him he's um, I don't know he's like an unfiltered young John Ram very very fiery um but there's yeah you know, there's personality there at least we probably you know not everything he does is like pc and clean or not but just clean for the tv broadcast but there's there's fire in there and that makes it entertaining to watch versus watching that um let's say that the can't it's like the opposite of the cantley showflay group on sunday uh, yeah yeah yeah, so, and that's what uh, you want to see, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, a bit of entertainment. It'd be, it'd be nice to see him in one of the final groups and get to get to see him close up a bit, bit more than yeah, we have yeah. done so far. I think we were very soft to Xander and Patrick at the start of this podcast. Uh, we didn't even. Mention we we, we could have been far bad. harder. <laughs> oh, they were awful. But like that, that, that there's just there was no energy there, and at some point you have to like it feels to me like. You got to do what works for you, but there were there's no energy, and their kind of calm demeanor just doesn't merge well when you need to be intense, you know, or you need to. Sh- yes, it works. You know, they think it works for them, but on this Sunday, it really didn't. And I, after one hole, maybe one and a half holes, you're looking gun. Doesn't feel like either of these has the win in them today. Um, even with even when Xander held out for eagle. Just immediately, and then what? What did he do? He had birdie eagle immediately made bogey. And you just, yeah, bogey, you, you bogey. felt you. F- it's just uh, you never felt like the energy was right there. Did he go for the reverse b- bounce back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do they not, capture not, that on the PGA Tour website? I bet they don't. They don't like anything reverse on the PGA Tour, mate. <laughs> uh, players, we don't want any bogeys. Our star boys don't make mistakes. They don't make mistakes. Not on the PGA Tour. Going back to Toasty, you did mention him, Barry. I think you might have mentioned him either at the Am- I think it was as early as the Amex, saying you, you thought there was something about this guy. Sparky, talented. And then he, and mm. he he seems to shoot one crazy low round every tournament he plays in. So hopefully he can piece some rounds together, some more consistency this week. Yeah, yeah. Do a couple of those silly low rounds and a couple mm. of average ones and... Um, could could be in the mix. And back this in first round leader, and he gets that one. That's job yeah. done for the week. 
Yeah, potentially. This angle of Latino America tour kind of performances is something that grabbed me about Sam Stevens. Fourth in Brazil. He's had various top tens in Mexico. He's won in Colombia. So he comes with that background of playing well in this kind of South Central American region. And I looked at his numbers that I collate across the last eight weeks. He just sits there quietly. Top 20 for strokes gain current form. Top 25 for strokes gain T to green. So I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, he's 12th for driving distance, all drive so far this season. So he gets it out there. Don't worry about that. And then you just look at his results last year. Went to Puerto Rico, finished 15th, but was third heading into Sunday. And then three weeks later, went to Corrales. Was on the pace throughout, I remember it well. 69, 65, 68, 69. 10th, second going into Saturday. The leader heading into Sunday, finished third. Two perfect courses, two courses that align with this perfectly. Yeah, I'm on Sam Stevens. He, he also finished second uh, the week after that at the Texas Open. So almost got into the Masters the week before. Mm. That was, uh, Kuchar was involved with that, wasn't he? He finished, uh, he was fourth heading into Sunday there, finished second. He's just the sort that rarely gets in contention. Saying that, he was third as early as the Sony Open heading into Sunday. And I remember him being in the final group and didn't do a great deal. Um, but shot 63 there on Saturday. It, there's there's stuff that's just... Uh, he was 28th in Phoenix last time out in that ferocious atmosphere on his tournament debut there. I think a lot. I think younger players take a lot from that, knowing, oh, yeah, I can finish top 30 in one of these crazy, mad tournaments like Phoenix. I think this course... Is going to suit him down to ground. He hasn't played it yet. Sam Stevens, I'm on an 80 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way. And if you're looking for a player who isn't overly long off the tee, but has amazing mid to long irons, Carson Young isn't a bad shout. I'm on him at 80 to 1 with William Hill. 11th for proximity to the hole. 27th for proximity, 175 to 200, and 6th for proximity from 200 yards and out so far this season. And that's something that follows on from last year. He's just got this, also this sneaky good form on these kind of courses. He won on the Corn Ferry in Panama. Uh, since his promotion to the PGA Tour, he's finished third at the Puerto Rico Open last year. He was 15th here on debut last year, 10th after 54 holes, and he was in the top 10 at El Cardinal when Eric Van Ruen won there back in the autumn. So I think he's going to love this course as well, Carson Young. I then went for my final tip, 100-1. to 1. I don't know if you want to back me up with this one on Paul, because he's a DP World Tour grad. Mm. But again, statistically, he just shone like a beacon. I was hoping for a bigger price, to be honest. But 
56th for driving distance all drive so far, 8th for total driving, and that is made out of 17th for, for driving distance and top 60 for driving accuracy. Long and straight, just what we want. And I know that our American listeners won't probably know too much about him, but his DP World Tour career really shows a few angles for this this week. He's had two wins on the DP World Tour, both of them on Paspalum Greens. 2020 Oman Open. That was his only second DP World Tour start, I saw. Yeah, he hadn't, he hadn't been around long at that point, yeah. And then last year... He went to the Singapore Classic, played at Laguna National. Now, that's a course that features Paspalum from tee to green, but Bermuda Grass Greens, finished second. And then late on in the year, went to Qatar in October, Doha Golf Club. That features Bermuda Grass from tee to green with Paspalum putting services, and he won there. Yeah. So I took the 100-1 to with William Hill, eight places each way on Sammy Falamaki. Yeah, streak, streaky putter as well, Valimaki. When he gets that uh, flat stick working, he can reel off a lot of birdies. Yeah, I I, I was disappointed I missed out of him in, in Qatar um, or Qatar last, uh, last autumn because there was enough of a hint there with the Oman win. And uh, bear in mind that they'd relayed the greens in Qatar with uh, Paspalum, as you say, because previously they'd been uh, Bermuda for That's a right. number of years. And they, they relayed them, so they were kind of firm, bouncy, uh, new greens. And, um, yeah, he, he won that. Uh, decent win over Jorge Campillo, who, as we know, is, uh, is no slouch. Um, <coughs> have you seen the DK it. pricing? I have. Um, it's a bit strange this week because they've changed the um, they've changed the structure slightly. It's uh, players all the way down to five thousand rather than six thousand. All right. I would have thought Sammy is cheap. Yeah. Because n- not much. There's not much data on the American models. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking. Six thousand seven hundred. Yeah. Six thousand seven hundred. Uh, yeah. So, so sub seven thousand. I don't think that's a bad ploy on because su- mm. he's going to get such low ownership. Incredibly low. Just because no one in America has really heard of him. Yeah. But he seems to be sorting himself out. I mean, 43rd at Torrey Pines. He was 10th after the first 36 holes. And, that, and that's a great link into Jake Knapp, by the way, Barry. I mean, where does John Rahm and Tony Finau play great golf at? Well, Torrey Pines. So Jake Knapp, tick. Sammy Falamaki was 10th heading into Saturday, finished 43rd. 41st at Scottsdale last time out. I know for a fact, on Sunday... He shot a 7-under 64, which was level with Sam Burns and Charlie Hoffman for Sunday afternoon scoring. So it just appears that Sam is starting to find his feet on the PGA Tour, feeling comfortable. Mm. And on a ball striker's golf course where you can hit it as far as you want, and if it's straight, brilliant, I could just see him going well on this Palum, these Palum surfaces. So for me, Falamaki, Sam Stevens, Johnny Vegas, there's Carson Young in there. And I've gone for Tony the Terminator fee now. Right, are we ready to move on to Kenya or any any more for any more? I, only I, while we were talking about the DraftKings price, and you mentioned that Kevin Doherty five thousand yeah. five hundred. How much on draft <laughs> five five on DraftKings? So got to be a little. That's got to be worth a little sprinkle, isn't it, boys? Five five on DK. Kevin Doherty couldn't get rid of him statistically. If you if you want a, a little bargain to fill your team up, that could be the one. 
Don't forget, if that comes out, guy, five star reviews. We need five star reviews, chaps, for next week. So um, when Co- when Doherty misses, it doesn't matter what they say. Just give us five stars. Doesn't matter what you put. If you say Kevin Doherty, what a joker. That's fine. Right. Should we move to the magic? It's magical over there. Magical Kenya Open, Paul. Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 hope it's another magical week, eh? Yep. Um, yeah, off to Kenya before we head to South Africa for a couple of uh, co-sanctioned events for the two weeks that follow. But this week first, and um, I guess, got to be honest here, it's a pretty, pretty weak affair, um, which is a shame because, you know, the, the, the prize for, for winning, the exemptions, everything is, is still there for players to, to play well and perform well this week. But the... Overall level of field is pretty damn poor this week. Anyway, um, it is what it is. And I think from a betting perspective, um, actually, it does present some good opportunities. So uh, uh, we should be positive about it, I think. We've got three players at the top of the market. Um, Depending which brooker you go to, um, they uh, have a mix of favouritism. The three are Tristan Lawrence, best price 16 to 1. Ewan Ferguson, best price, 18 to 1. And Rikuya Hoshino, the Qatar Masters champion, is also 18 to 1. But there's a real mix. You can get some places as low as 11 to 1, for instance, on the likes of Ferguson and Hoshino. So um, do shop about if you're up for one of the players at the top of the market because there's a real mix of pricing there. Um, But yeah, virtually inseparable, those three. Next in the market, Alex Fitzpatrick, 22s. Frederick Lacroix, 25 to 1. Romain Langasque, 25 to 1. Jesper Svensson, 28 to 1, who's been uh, popping up on leaderboards of late as well. 33 to 1 bar those players. Ball Sports, again, eight places each way, fifth of the odds this week is standard. And um, as we've been saying for a number of weeks, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition running on this. Um, we can choose 8, 10 or 12 place options um, at a fifth of the odds, depending how you'd like to play it and the pricing that you prefer to take as a result of those additional each way places. So, um, yeah, do shop about. Lots of each way options out there and, of course, differential pricing available. In terms of the course, it's the third year running that we're at the Muthaiga Golf Club. Um, just to the northeast of Nairobi. That's a classical Parkland style track, opened way back in 1926. Measures 7,228 yards, past 71. Relatively tight tree lined fairways. So um, it's one of those courses, you know, as I say, kind of classical in style, um, old style courses. Fast bent grass greens, they claim to have the fastest bent grass greens in the whole of Kenya um, which I thought you were going to say the whole of the world yeah I don't know I don't, I don't know how the how, whole of Kenya yeah, the whole of Kenya I don't know how, how much of a claim that really is but uh, I was going to say <laughs> yeah they, they, I suppose they've got to have things to write on the website haven't they uh, the, other, the other feature is that the course is uh, it's around 5,000 feet of elevation so there's altitude it does mean the ball travels further so that's 7,228 yards actually plays kind of mid 6,600s in that kind of bracket so it's a short course in that respect 
the ball does travel a long way. Driving stats for all the players are way up when they get measured with the driver off the tee this week. So bear that in mind. Now, as I mentioned, the course has hosted the past two years here. Prior to that, we did have some Challenge Tour events held here as well. They're all part of the event stats that are on the website this week, so do check them out. Um, a few years of Challenge Tour and then um, the DP World Tour. Going back to 2009 was when the Challenge Tour event started. Gary Boyd won at 13 under. Robert Dinwiddie, 12 under. Mikhail Bothma, 14 under um, in 2011. So very, very consistent kind of scoring here. Seve Benson, 10 under, 2012. There was a bit of a gap and then we we're into the likes of Aaron Rye, 17 under, Lorenzo Gagli at 11 under. They're the Challenge Tour winners. And then in 2022, we had the DP World Tour events that moved here. Ashen Wu, 16 under. He was 60 to 1, Ashen Wu. And then last year, Jorge Campillo, 19 under at 45 to 1. And there was a lot of reason to back Campillo. Disappointed I didn't put him up last year that was a, a big miss because there was plenty plenty to, to have liked about Campio last year 19 under not defending this week as we said because he's playing over in Mexico mm. now the scoring doesn't tend to get out of hand here as I've said you look at those winning scores 10 under 12 14 Campio Campio was 19 under that was the deepest of the winning scores here Looking at the forecast, well, it often plays firm and fast here, which is one of the main reasons why it, it keeps it relatively tough. But looking at the forecast, there's something like 15 to 20 mile an hour winds in the afternoons for at least the first two or three days. So um, I'm expecting this to play uh, fairly tough. I mean, uh, perhaps a similar kind of winning score to the ones we've seen before, maybe just edging into the double digits under par, maybe 10, 12. Uh, maybe a little bit deeper, depends how it goes, but I wouldn't expect it to get out of hand by any stretch. Now, we have got stats from those last two years as well. That does give us a bit of a bit of a head start. Um, everyone here hits it a mile, as I've said. Uh, just to put into context, Ashen Wu, who's not a long hitter, averaged 324 yards from off the tee. And he was 63rd in the field from the players who made the cut the driving distance that week. So 324 and way down the field gives you an idea. Um, Jorge Campillo averaged over 350 yards from off the tee last year. So <laughs> driving distance, not an issue. For me, um, there are two ways to play this. The key stats are either to hit a high proportion of greens and regulation. Campillo was uh, second on that count, 81.9%. Or scramble and putt really well. And Ashen Wu did that. He was 14th for scrambling. And in old money, he was first for putting average. Now, we do have strokes gained for those two years as well. Both of the winners were top five for strokes gained approach. Both of the winners were top seven for strokes gained tee to green. Campillo was slightly better from off the tee. Uh, Wu, as we've already seen, was better with the putter. So if you can base your game around a strong approach game, um, so hitting greens and, uh, and and gaining strokes on approach and then potentially putting and scrambling well, that's a pretty good combination, I think. But it will play relatively tough. So players who can uh, can grind a bit, uh, 
Yeah, those that you can uh, you can look at. And again, you know, despite the fact that Campio got to nineteen under, he's that kind of player that I would put more into that bracket of a, a steady grinder rather than a, an explosive birdie maker. Um, so it kind of makes sense in that respect. Now. We've not got much more to go on, so I've kept it relatively tight. I've only backed four this week, but I'm really keen on these four, I must say. Um, the two winners that we've seen here have been in that 45 to 1 um, and 60 to 1 bracket, so that juicy mid-price. And I've, I've pitched my team in that kind of region this week. Better the week for me this week, undoubtedly, is John Catlin. Now, um, I backed Catlin at 50 to 1 yesterday. He's been backed in. Best out there is 40 to 1. It actually opened briefly at 60 to 1 yesterday, which was um, it's just the wrong price. Um, as I say, he settled around 40 to 1. I think that is actually around about the right price and um, wouldn't put anyone off taking that price or even slightly lower if he continues to be backed because I think he has got a really good chance of winning this tournament. Um, a tricky course is perfect for him. He's accurate off the tee. He's won three times on tour. Um, once at Valderrama, which is tougher than this is going to play. T- uh, two over par he won that at. The other two he won at uh, 10 under at Galgorm Castle, 14 under at Diamond Country Club in Austria. And both of those are relatively tricky. And both, I mean, all three courses share some, um, some agronomy and uh, topology uh, links to this. So... I think you uh, you, know, you can draw comparisons between the three of them. For me, um, he's shown patches of form, uh, the likes of Cran-Sorcier. It's another good comp course for this as well. Open with a 64 here last year. Um, it was co-leading after the first day, eventually finished 15th. But he came in here last year, straight off the back of three missed cuts, was playing poorly. Much, much better now. Sixth in Thailand uh, in December, 10th in Mauritius in December at his uh, festive break. Started his uh, 24, uh, 2024 campaign again in Thailand. He was fifth going into the weekend in one of those Thai tour events over there. Got food poisoning, had to withdraw. So there's a WD on his record, but that was nothing untoward. Third last week at the Malaysian Open on the Asian tour. So trending nicely. Big week for him. This is out of all of the bets that I put on this year today. This is probably the one that I'm most excited about, John Catlin. So um, yeah, happy to get involved. Was really happy to get fifty to one, but I'd say forty to one still out there. Um, I wouldn't put anyone off taking a bit of Catlin this week at that price. Um, I've also backed Sam Bearstow at fifty to one. Now I took the extra places with Sam. You can get slightly longer if you particularly want to take the shorter each way place options but I've gone for 50 to 1 with eight places Sheffield lad is in a similar kind of progression path to um to Alex Fitzpatrick they're a similar age they both won on the challenge tour in the summer if you've got Alex though 22 to 1 for this um Sam Bairstow more than double the price um 50 to 1 as I say much much the better value I think now, limited history for us to look through. Um, of course, we've not seen a great deal of him, but I think this could be his breakthrough week. Um, it could be um, this kind of grade, this low grade is is the kind of level that I think will suit him at this point. 23rd at Razel Khaimah this season was positive. 23rd in Bahrain, uh, fourth going into the weekend. 13th in Qatar, seventh going into the weekend. So he's been right in the mix with 18 holes to go over his last two starts. And, 
I think he's the kind who continued to progress and uh, yeah, still learning, still learning his trade at this level and uh, could step up to the next level sooner rather than later. Another two, uh, Masahiro Kawamura. Again, another one who's been really heavily backed. I got him at 55s yesterday and uh, 40 to 1 is the best price out there at the moment. And uh, I think... If you look at the combination that he's got of classical current form and course form, that old, that old chestnut, it's easy to see why he's been backed so heavily. Now, remember, he was on 59 watch back at the Dubai Desert Classic at the start of the year. Um, had a real good chance. I think it was 10 under through 14 or something like that. He was, he was in a, on a real tear at that point. Short 63 in the end. Um, that was joint best round of the week with Rory McIlroy. And finished 7th overall. And that's, of course, at Rolex Series level. This is a much lower grade. So um, compared to that, um, this is chalk and cheese, really. 16th last time out in Qatar. Um, driving was really good. 6th for driving accuracy. 3rd for strokes game putting as well last time in Qatar. So that's a positive indication of how he could potentially go this week. A uh, couple of top tens last time he's played, or last two times he's played at Crown Soussière. So again, as a comp course, that's good. Second here last year behind Jorge Campillo. I think you know he's got a fairly obvious chance off the back of that. Japanese golf as well. It's a great place right now, isn't it? Rikuya Hoshino, um, as we said, won in Qatar a couple of weeks back. Hideki winning last week. Perhaps uh, Kawamura makes it three Japanese winners in very quick succession this week and the final one um ash and Wu are backed with um 55 to 1 with the extra places again you can get slightly longer if you want to take the bog standard each way places now i backed Wu back at the dubai invitational at the start of the year the caveat that week and i remember talking through it on the pod that he needed to drive the ball well uh he went out there he hit 35 percent of fairways only three players were worse off the tee than him that week, and he finished 48th out of 60 um, of the players who, who teed up that week. So, poor week. Starting to improve, though. Much, much better last time out in Qatar. 17th for driving accuracy. Now, that's his best driving accuracy performance for a full 12 months. So, mm. that's a big tick in the box for me. Third for greens and regulation, Bahrain the week before. Fourth for greens and regulation, last time out in Qatar. So the uh, the irons are working nicely. Was also strokes game positive in every category at, the, at Doha last time out. Now, that's exactly what Jorge Campillo did in his event prior to winning last year. He went um, strokes game positive in every category. So um, potentially a nice little indicator there. And of course... Wu's already won here. He won in 2022. Um, you know, potentially trending towards another win um, and uh, knows the course nicely. Has got some decent memories of this particular layout. So quite happy to take Wu on. So yeah, Wu, Karamura, Bearstow and Catlin, my four for this week. Any fancies from you, Barry, this week? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come with you on Kawamura, yeah, like uh, like him. Um, mm. Backed him a few times, so this with the weaker field, yeah, it merges quite nicely. Yeah, I um, yeah. Other than that, I'm a bit. I've not been very good on the European Tour, DP World Tour, uh, in recent weeks, maybe even months. So I'm gonna keep it quite uh, clean. Probably just might just stick to that one bet, 
maybe maybe flutter something later in the week. But yeah, right now I'm happy with that. Yeah, I know you've been on Kawamura quite a lot over the um, last couple of years or so, haven't you? So yeah. I might double him with, Yeah, I might double him with Nap. Get the two Ks this week. Double K. Yeah, it could be the one, Barry. Could be the one. What about you, Steve? Rikuyu Hoshino, by the way. I'm not backing, but he's making a charge for the Masters. Which, at this level, is pretty mad, really. He's up to mm. 77th in the world. He's got to keep winning, but... Well, it'd be crazy if level, he could actually sneak into the Masters on a top 50 spot. Yeah, there'll also be the... Um, uh, the Olympics qualification yep. as well. So, um, yeah, Hideki's going to be in, but then who partners him? Yep. Um, Shino's got to be right up there. He's up to 17th in President's Cup qualification as well for mm. the European, uh, for the international team. Although that hasn't been updated, so I expect he's 18th behind Mackenzie Hughes now. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I just thought I found that of interest, to be fair. Um, when I saw your preview that went out so early yesterday, I was having a sandwich, and I jumped straight on John Catlin, because mm. I always remember you say, telling me, when it's tough, when the scoring's technical on the European tour, John Catlin's your man. Yeah. And when you're yeah. seeing him dipping down 6th, 10th and 3rd in Malaysia, clearly he's found his mojo over yeah. in um, Asia. Which is good Trends to see. Because I think Catlin was fringy top 50 at one stage on the DP World Tour, because he? he was he was doing mm. so well, winning yeah. and placing week after week. He's quality so, yeah. player. Oh, great player. I can always remember in one event with his, um, I think it was in Germany, it was blowing a hoodie, it was like 4 degrees. And he was there in his um, woolly hat. I think he won it. it. Must have been a BMW or something. Is is kind of that stoic kind of character who um, <clears throat> can can just hang around and and grind out pars when he needs to. Yeah, wasn't it that playoff? They were playing it on a par three over water, and it just went on and on and on and on, and eventually he won, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that was Austria, wasn't it? And yeah, um, yeah against uh, Max Kiefer, yeah, and yeah, there's another one. Week. Kiefer hangs around on these on, does, <clears> yeah. these tough tests, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'd have been going for another one, then potentially Kiefer would have been uh, another another player there. Because yes, you you're right. He's the kind who I do listen to what you tell, tell us, Bob. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Catlin definitely, definitely Ash and Wu. Um, I'm tempted on Kawamura. Yeah, he's been Do it. The boards. Do it. <laughs> so, yeah, why not? <clears throat> why not? As you say, you do get this, don't you? I mean, Canada's going well at the moment. Mm. You do get this situation where people, you know, take inspiration from their peers. And Kawamura is clearly a quality player at this yeah. level. So, yeah, I think I'll follow you in on those three. Splendid. We're aligned then. We're aligned. In, we're aligned on the magical Kenya Open. Thank you for your time, chaps. I hope your bets go well this week. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, boys. What have you got next week, Paul? It is the SDC Championship next week. Uh, Eastern Cape, South Africa. I have got the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. 
and I'm not looking forward to typing that out on previews, <laughs> pre- podcasts, and scripts next week. What was the what's what's the previous event? It was named named. It was the Honda thing. Classic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's Honda pulled easier. out. <clears throat> was it? I think they sponsored it since the sixties. They pulled out, and uh, Cognizant have jumped in. Hmm. So yeah, with a, I. With a- I hope that uh, your bets go well, listeners. And, of course, don't forget those five-star reviews. We need them. Otherwise, you know, otherwise uh, our, our, our listings for podcast rankings collapse, and eventually we'll just give up doing the podcast. So keep those reviews coming in. We appreciate them already. And we'll see you next week. Cheerio. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips And so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf